This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Rotimi Uluagbohun. Remain blessed as you listen. Father, we bless your name. We give you praise because you are God all by yourself. You don't need man to be God. However, you chose in your own infinite wisdom and in your love and mercy to create man in your own image and likeness. Thank you, Father, for the plans and your purposes. Thank you for the grand design that you have placed before yourself and monitoring to see that it comes to pass. Thank you for our place in this grand design. Thank you for the church that you are building, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the understanding of our place and our role and our, your intention, rather, for our every step along the way. Thank you for how you started with Adam. You moved on to the patriarchs. You moved on to the prophets. You moved on to the Lord Jesus. And you have come to this time. We have come to this time where we are partakers in your plan. Thank you because your grace is sufficient for us. We come into the understanding of our roles. We come into the understanding of what we are meant to be doing. We receive your word with strength from you. We receive understanding. We receive help. We receive your peace. We are one with your plans in the name of Jesus. We are aligned to your intentions. Your will comes to pass. Thank you, Father. We pray, O Lord, that as your word goes forth this morning, as we listen to your spirit teaching us, we open our hearts to receive. We come into deeper understanding of what the local church is all about. Help us, O Lord, to receive, to hear, and do in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. You're welcome. For those of us who are physically uh, in this place, and also those who are online, God bless you. Thank you for joining us this morning. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Please, let's not uh, forget our manuals at home. It's important that this document is taken seriously. More so, we are going to have to take or make reference to them. We are writing, and there are other things that the Lord will release to us as we engage this morning, or as we engage each se- in each se- uh, session, rather. And we are also to write those. They might not be in our manual. They would definitely not be in our manual. Right? The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. We want to make the class as interactive and interesting as possible with your cooperation, your involvement. You know, interestingly, God does the same with us um, with respect to having to engage the earth. Having to engage the earth, he demands our involvement. He asks for our cooperation for whatever he wants to do here on earth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's open to the book of Habakkuk. 
Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. Many of us know that verse of the scripture, but I would like to read it in the New Living Translation. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. If you are there, say Amen. If you are not there, say Amen. Okay, if you are not there, please let's quickly get there so we can read together. Or look at it together, rather. I'll read, but then we can look at it together. So if you are there, say Amen. All right, more people are there. All right, so I'll read from the New Living Translation. The Bible says, For as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of God. Praise the Lord. The New Living Translation. Uh, media, can you help us bring it up in the New Living Translation? So that everyone can read along. Okay, thank you. So, every one of us, let's read together. Want to go? The earth will be filled with, their, with an awareness of the glory of God. Again, everyone, for as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of God. It seems the people on this side are the ones reading, except for Brianist. All right, so everyone on this side, let's read together, including Brianist. For as the waters fill the sea, for as the waters fill the sea, now, how does the water, or how does water fill the sea? How can you describe that? Amen? You know, we have drains in our houses, zinc, right? In the toilet or in the kitchen. And you have a place where the water collects, right, in the drain. That's the construct of the, gra- of the drain, right? like a bucket or a bowl, right? In a particular design, whatever shape you have in your home. And at the center, at the bottom, you have a drain where water passes through and goes out, right? Used water. Hmm? Now, take for instance, you block or you plug that drain and then you continue to pour water. What will happen? You fill it up, right? You fill it up. And what would you say about that drain? What sentence, if you have to describe what has happened to that drain, what sentence would you use? Amen? Anyone? What sentence? If you are going to describe that drain in the present state, how would you describe it? That is, if you are going to describe the zinc, rather, sorry, let me give you the water as <laughs> English students. The water has filled up the drain. <laughs> the zinc, rather. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you will say the zinc is filled with or filled of water, English students. The zinc is full of water. In other words, every space within that zinc is full of water. So just imagine, imagine, the sea that the Lord 
God created the ocean, right? It doesn't have a drain, like a place where you plug it and you remove, uh, what do you call it? The plug and all the water drains off, right? It doesn't have that. So if you look at the sea and the land space under the sea and the water that covers the entire sea, imagine... It is full, true, and true, right? Amen? It is full, true, and true, right? Now, imagine the various, how many, how many oceans or types of oceans do we have? I mean, the names, rather. You have Atlantic Ocean. You have Pacific Ocean. Indian Ocean. Geographers. Hmm? Arctic is that, do we have Arctic Ocean? Okay. It, it's not an ocean. What did NS say? <laughs> it's a water body. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, you can imagine all the various kinds of oceans, seas, rivers, lakes, and so on and so forth. Amen? Amen? And imagine also all the water that is going on the ground. Praise the Lord. In fact, that one, you cannot, you cannot describe the extent or the volume or the size or the depth. Or, I mean, and that's where we all, as long as you are having a bowl in your house, you are getting water from. Right? So they deal, drill the borehole down to the ground, into the ground, some 18 feet, some, I mean, distances that people cannot live in. But then there is water. You get water from there. Now, you can imagine when God is saying through his servant or his prophet, Habakkuk, that for as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. In other words, there is the, the, the interest of the Father, that the knowledge of Him, an awareness of His glory, we feel everywhere, through and through. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And we have learned from the past studies that because of this, he had already made plans to begin to introduce himself to mankind. Why? Because Adam and Eve, who were the first, he didn't need to introduce himself to them. They were out of him. He created them out of himself, right? He created them. They were the first, in quote, man. And they sinned and they fell from glory. You believe they fell from glory? Yes. And that's why God, in his mercy, created, or rather, had already foreseen that happening and then made a plan to restore man back to glory. Praise the Lord. So when you're talking about man coming back to redemption or being redeemed, what, he's saying, what you are saying in earnest is that God is making or uh, bringing man back into glory. Praise the Lord. And right now, right here, in this time, the church is that vehicle that he is using to make 
and awareness of his glory known. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And our role and our responsibilities need to be properly understood. That's why we are saying that, or rather looking at the understanding, or rather looking at understanding of the local church. This topic, the understanding of the local church. And today we are looking at, or rather we are continuing our study on the universal church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are looking at what? The universal church. Last week we looked at some few things from the book of uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 19. That was where Jesus addressed Peter after he gave an accurate, accurate insight into who he is. Lord Jesus asked them a question, who do men say that I am? And then he said, uh, some of them said, some of the disciples rather, said, ah, some say you are Elijah, some say you are this, some say you are that. And then Jesus asked them specifically, who do you say I am? And Peter opened up his mouth by revelation. That is, God spoke in and through him that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Praise the Lord. And Jesus said immediately, upon that revelation, amen, upon that revelation, that revelation is a person, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Because that revelation, that sentence describes who? Jesus Christ. So if he had said, ah, Jesus is Elijah, there is nothing that can be built on that revelation. Because that revelation is not from, it's not from God one, and then it's not what can hold water. That is an understanding of man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And he said, Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. So, Jesus told him, said, upon, said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Yes. Verse 18. Said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Verse 19. The kingdom of heaven and whatever you build on earth will be bound. Sorry, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And we looked at a few things. He said that the New Testament meaning or definition of the church has almost been lost to us because of the variety of ways in which this word is used today. Amen. And we looked at a few things also, uh, letter B of one of the introduction. Your definition of the church is important because whatever your, your definition is, it will determine where you put your time and effort. Praise the Lord. Some people feel that they are the only... You know, when we're looking at uh, the topic, um, one of the messages we preached here, and we said Charles Spurgeon made a remark or he gave a definition of discernment. What did he say that definition was? Who can remind us? Most of us were in church. Well, Jeff, yeah, do you remember? You don't remember. Mr. Janada, help your husband. Help your brother. Praise the Lord. Mr. Bolu, remember? Charles Spurgeon, C.H. Spurgeon. 
when we, the definition of discernment. Amen? Robayo, you know how I feel like all of us should just line up and then we begin to receive uh, it's okay. Please, okay. My lovely wife wants to help out. Okay, so that discernment, amen? Thank you for trying. Right? Discernment is actually, or spiritual discernment is actually not knowing, right? The difference between right and wrong. But actually, spiritual discernment is the difference between right and almost right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, so, the scorecards that we have for our schools or the grades that we have for our schools, you have excellent, you have what? Very good, you have good, you have, what else do you have? Pass. Right? Now, the thing is this. Is very good the same thing as excellent? Very good. Is it the same thing as excellent? Why? If you said no, can I see your hand? I saw you, so if you, I will call you still if you don't raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Brother oh yeah, give us an answer. Why is very good not the same thing as excellent? Is it, English? <laughs> we know it's English, but there's a reason why that English word very good exists and why excellent also exists in the marking scheme or the grades okay, of an exam. Okay, I, I, to my own knowledge, let me start with excellence. Excellence is you've actually passed, you passed that benchmark. And okay, so there's a benchmark there's for a bench, excellence. There's, there's a, there, it's just like I'm saying, okay, this is in simple analysis. Like you, you are given a score, 100, mm-hmm. or an assignment, and mm-hmm. you're going to score, the, 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 the mark is 100. Mm. And if you score 95, yeah. that is very good. But if you score 100, it's excellent. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the difference between the two of them is the benchmark, right? And there is a marking scheme for each of those benchmarks. That is, if you got the marking scheme for excellent correctly or 100% correctly, that is word for word, Amen. Then, or whatever you, not, maybe not work for, but then the concept you, you put down is worthy of excellence or 100%, then you get the mark, right? So, if you are close, do you get the mark? You got it. Give her the, give her the microphone. Let's hear her properly. You passed it, but not excellence. You passed it. For example, it. you got 60. When you're supposed to get like 70 now, you could, you could be excellent, but you got 60. Yeah, 70 is uh, very good, not excellent. Very good. I got 80, which okay. means excellent. 80 is excellent, Why 70 is very good, Why 60 is good. So mm. it's not fail. The students that know how they grade them. It. Praise the Lord. With God, with God, right? Grace has been given to us, right? But then, with respect to the knowledge of God, you have to be a hundred percent. Praise the Lord. You have to be what? A hundred percent. Why? Why? 
Nobody's answering. If I have a cup of water, maybe 60 mils, that's how much, sorry, 60 cl, that's the volume of uh, a bottle of Coke, right? Or a sachet of, uh, they call it pure water, but a sachet of water, right? If I have that volume in a cup, I now had a drop of poison. Do I still have water that is drinkable? Do I have it? Why? Who wants to answer? Broccoli, you're welcome. God bless you. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Good morning. The word of God is absolute. It's either true or false. You know, if anything, I mean, if there's any little thing that taints it, that is already false. You know? Takes it out of, you know, so, intent. So he has to be excellent. Thank you very much, sir. So really, our understanding of the church, bringing it home now, our understanding of the church has to be accurate, has to be right, has to be correct. Why? At the end of the day, it is that excellent or 100% knowledge about the church that God bases what he does on earth on. Praise the Lord. That's why Jesus immediately he recognized the word from the Lord or from the Father from the mouth of Peter. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Man, we have said before, is at best looking at foundations now. We looked at solid foundation. Man's understanding, man's wisdom, man's excellence, in quotes, man's in quote, accuracy is at best shaky. It's at best of no consequence. So when Jesus said, I will build my church on this revelation, what he's saying is that we need to have a, an accurate understanding of what he's talking about. So that when we are building, whatever we are building, we come to you, gather together as the church. Amen? We said we are the church, right? We have that understanding. Whenever we gather, whatever we are doing is based on the foundation of that revelation. Praise the Lord. Because anything outside that foundation is like building your house on sandy foundation or a shaky foundation, so to speak. Remember Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 27. Amen. Amen. So we talked about uh, what people have called the church today and how they have described the church so far. And then we looked at, um, let's look at number two today, what the church is not. What, you can write that in the space there, what the church is not. What the church is not. So we have said how we define the church determines where uh, we focus our energies. And then we talked about the building. So it is not a building for Christian worship. That is not the church. Remember Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well. John chapter 4. You can write that down. 23 to 24. Said that. Amen. God is seeking worshippers who will worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. Before that verse, he was talking about uh, Jews worshipping at the temple in Jerusalem. 
and then Samaritans worshipping on the mountain. He said, but no, there is a time that is coming and it is now at that moment because he has come to bring alignment to the purpose of God and to the, for the eternal plans of God. And he said, the time is now where true worshippers will not worship neither here or there. But rather they will worship out of their spirit. Praise the Lord. It is no more a physical structure where you say, I'm going to the temple. I'm going to a place where I have built an altar. That is where the church is. Or that. No. It's saying where a man or a woman aligns with the spirit of God, then he begins a worship experience. He begins to adore the Father. He begins to reverence the Father as a spirit-to-spirit connection or fellowship. Not until when he gets into the temple or when he gets to where? The mountain. In the case of the Samaritans. Praise the Lord. So he said, it is not a building for Christian worship. And we said 1A, the word church is never used in the scripture to refer to a material building. Have we written that? We also said the building, that's B, the building is only the place where the church, that is the people of God, meet. We talked about Martin Luther. And, um, okay, I, I didn't get there. I was going to get there, but I think Pastor Shem also mentioned it in his message. Uh, Martin Luther started the Lutheran church, right? He started a Lutheran church and or denomination. And it was born out of his frustration about what was going on in where? The Roman Catholic Church. Where they were having indulgences. What are indulgences? Please, the microphone, quickly. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, in the time of uh, Martin Luther, um, indulgence at, at that point was like, um, if someone committed a sin or he found himself uh, not worthy. Mm. So he will now approach the leadership of the church where there is a particular person that was assigned for that responsibility. Mm. You now write all the things that you have committed or all your wrongdoing mm. and then you now approach where the indulgence <laughs> indul- indulgence unit and then you will, <laughs> you will submit your indulgence and then you will pay. You, you pay for that sin that you have committed or something. You, you, you pay. Like it's an exchange. You are exchange of, of, of a remission of your sin with money. And then the, the, there's a general prayer. In fact, when many people were coming to pay, people are coming from different parts of the world to come and pay their indulgence in the empire. So uh, it was now becoming too much that uh, uh, the, the, the cardinal or something that is in charge will not have time to pray for you in particular, but something will be kept that you come and nail down there and you now uh, uh, give money for, you, uh, uh, for your uh, sins. For your sins. <laughs> you pay money for your sins. <laughs> and then the, the prayer covers that. Praise, pra- mm. praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Jeff. And really, that was how the Roman Catholics continued on in that time. And you can imagine saying you are paying for... So if you don't have money, your sins remain. I mean, you can imagine. If you don't have money, 
your sins do what? They remain. Or probably you sell something and come and pay. So that that sin or those series of sins that you've written down can be cleared. And God help you, don't sin again. Eh? Praise the Lord. So, but it was so bad that all manner of ways were used to ensure that indulgences were sorted out. And I mean, Martin Luther, who was a monk at the time, was going through the scriptures. Now, remember, not all the people had access to the Bible. So, it was a, a question of the priests or the Pope, the priests, and maybe a few monks that had access to the Bible. Even in the monastery, it was a place that the Bible existed. So, you have to go there, read what you want to read, and then go. You can't take the Bible from where it was placed. Praise the Lord. And Martin Luther encountered the Lord while reading the Bible in that place. A particular passage of scripture. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. What does it say? The just, that's the later part of it. It says, the just shall live by faith. The just shall do what? Live by, and that was what changed him. And he pondered on that for a very long time. And when the understanding broke out to him, he began to challenge the powers that be. The story goes on to say that he challenged the Pope, challenged the system of the Roman Catholicism, and then eventually he was asked to come and defend himself, that he was becoming a nuisance. And what happened? When he stood before them, they were now speaking, this is what we have known, this is how we have been doing things, this is our system, and you are coming to say the just shall live by faith, that we don't have to pay indulgences anymore, that God has sent his son to die and all of that, the salvation story. And it was like, okay, so if anybody can argue this thing with me, or argue against what the Bible has said, then I will accept. But nobody could. Nobody could. And that was how the knowledge of God began to break out. That understanding that we are justified by faith. And interestingly, books were not really, education and, of course, books were not really uh, available so much then. But after a while, when education began to increase, as a result of the uh, Invention, rather, of the printing press. A man named, um, what's his name again? Um, Johannes Gutenberg, in 1439, invented the printing press. Books began to get into the hands of people, including the Bible. Praise the Lord. Including what? The Bible. So people began to read the Bible for themselves. They began to, you know, when you have only one person reading the Bible in a garden of a thousand people, it is his own interpretation that you would have to accept because you don't have the Bible. Praise the Lord. So, but when people started having the Bibles, they began to question things. Amen? And eventually, the Lutheran church broke out. Of course, he was almost arrested. A lot of things happened to him. And the Lutheran church broke out eventually. And it became a confusing situation because he himself could not control it. That's uh, Martin Luther. Praise the Lord. But that aside, that goes to just to show us that the understanding of the church at that time, and then 
part of the indulgences, if you don't have money, because they will give you tax to do, maybe the contributing block to build the church. That's what they call the church. You know, we said that the, the building was the church in their own time. That understanding was their own understanding. And if you open your dictionary, we did that last week, that type church, what is the definition of the church? The dictionary will tell you that it is a building. Even the Webster, sorry, Merriam Webster dictionary will still tell you that it is a building, although it has some other definitions. But the first definition will be a church is a building. Praise the Lord. So the understanding of the church being a building was very, very false. And that's why time and time again we have to go over this with new converts or with people who are just coming to know the Lord Jesus so that they can understand who they are. They can understand that they are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that they are the church, that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the salvation that has been given to them by the gift of Jesus Christ, is the church. They are the church. Amen. Amen. So number two, it is not a sect or a denomination. It is not a sect or a denomination. Many of us came out of, in quotes, denominations. Praise the Lord. And denominationalism actually costs more, would I say, arm than good. Where you have people starting up churches. I mean, I have a small definition of what denominationalism is or denomination in Christianity is. Uh, it says that there are distinct Christian organizations or bodies that are identified by specific traits or characteristics. One, they have a name, of course. Number two, they have distinct history, which, that is, what led to their formation, right? Like we're talking about Martin Luther now. What led to the formation of the Lutheran Church? is understanding about the just shall live by faith. And it broke out of Roman Catholicism. And they call them what? Protestants. Right? They call them Protestants. So when you hear Protestants, in fact, we are all Protestants. <laughs> because we are protesting, in quote, in that context, we are protesting, <laughs> we are protesting the understanding of the church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, so even in the Lutheran, today, it is said that they have about 70 million members. The Lutheran Church. However, within the Lutheran Church, you have several denominations. Even they, they began to break into pieces. Why? Because I have an understanding. You have an understanding. My understanding and your understanding does not align. And then, I will say, I will walk away. I will go and start my own. That is the understanding of the Bible. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, it got so bad that within the Lutheran, if I'm going to another Lutheran church, another branch or another, in quotes, sub-denomination of the Lutheran church, and I want to take Holy Communion, I have to write a letter. It's that bad. I have to write a letter to my own Lutheran church leader who will now write to this church, Lutheran church leader, and then they will do a sitting to consider whether I should take communion or not. He said, if I've paid my dues, <laughs> praise the Lord. 
So it was that bad, or, and it is that bad. So you have several denominations today. You have uh, various founders, of course, for these denominations, and they started it for different purposes. Who can name two or three? I know a lot of us came from denominations, right? Anglican, Baptist, Methodist, mm-hmm. what? Equa, okay. Dunami, is Dunami is a denomination. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. Okay, so basically we have several denominations. Amen? We have several denominations. And the understanding of each of these denominations, if they differ, then they become almost there, but not there, in the understanding of the church. And this is what causes us to have situations where you go to some places like I described, and you cannot benefit from the grace of God in that place because human limitations have been placed before you. Really, what forms denominationalism and takes it away from the truth of, the, of, of what the church is, is human veils, human limitations that bring their own thought patterns or mindsets into the space of the context of the church and then take us or take the members and the followers away from the Lord and limit their relationship with the Lord. Question or contribution? Question. Please, can you give him the mic? Okay. Um, my question goes thus. Um, recently, I, I read an article um, about the, the Muslims. Mm. And, of course, I've seen it around. They, 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 uh, they can actually worship anywhere they are. Like, they can pray mm. anywhere they are. And their, their mode of prayer and everything is always the same. They face the same. So I think it's the east to the east or so. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, they do that like virtually everywhere you see, you see them. Now, the question now is for Christians, why is it that we, we find it difficult to, to worship um, any church we can find ourselves, like any, um, like any church building? Like, okay, for instance, I'm coming to Metamorphosis Christian Center. Yeah. Why can't I also go to, let's say, uh, Celestia Church of Christ mm. and do my worship? It's not that I cannot do my worship, but I will feel, ah, I don't belong here. I don't know whether um, we have experienced that before. Like, ah, I don't like the way they are doing things. They dance a lot, do all those things. Ah, I don't want to do all these things. I want to just go to a church they dan- where... They dance a lot. Yes, like, I don't want, I don't want to go to church For 90, 90% of the... I, I can have a very cool worship. All right. I'll go back home, I'll free last all those things. I don't want to spend hours in church. I've been to a church whereby they spend more than seven hours. I can Trust tell you this. Mm-hmm. That's great. In fact, the preaching alone is about three hours. And they will keep on repeating the same thing. The next Sunday, they will still say the same thing. I'll be like, I can't come to this kind of church. Like, I don't just get it, you know? <laughs> Why can't I just feel that vibe of I'm a Christian and I can worship anywhere I can find myself? So who can answer that question? I know there will be a lot of uh, responses. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is so interesting. Um, I think it's not only him that is thinking this way. But um, we can look at it from two 
perspectives. Two perspectives. Number one, from the origin of the church yeah. down to where we found ourselves. Mm. Like, um, we know the, the, the church being splitted. Sometimes when you look at it critically from the realm of the spirit, you understand that it's also an agenda of God in order for the gospel to be spread. Because even at that time that uh, Martin Luther was uh, coming up with his own excellence and perfection of the scriptures and all of that, along the line, even the Lutheran church also got splitted. <laughs> and then the other segment of the church also got splitted. And that's where we found ourselves to this level. And then it may, it may it's a little doctrine or understanding can trigger the... Uh, Maybe a being, a church being breaking away. Because in the, in, in the time of Martin Luther, I remember in the church history, one of the things that made some members to like break out, it was because of the Holy Communion. Because they believe that somehow, some way, if you are taking the blood of Jesus, mm. before you get it to your mouth, it will turn into real blood. Mm-mm. And then you will you, you take, take blood. It. So some people are actually not very comfortable that. With that, that means you are practicing cannibalism. Cannibalism. So, yeah. so, so they now break out and all of that. So, but if you look at it critically, it's 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 not a very serious issue. But God will bring about that for things to happen. And then coming back to the actual thing that you was asking, um, why is it that we will not be very comfortable? For me, I experienced that. I know some part of my family, like my mom, she comes from Catholic church. Okay. And then I found myself. Uh, 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 whenever we travel to where she comes from, I worship in the Catholic, even though being brought up from the Equa, EYN, and, uh, and, and the race. But I was still not comfortable when I go to Catholic because you will sit down in a moment, you will rise up in a moment, you will recite things, and then you will be confused amidst of the people. So you have to be reading the lips of people so that the Father will not look at you that you are not saying anything. <laughs> so at the end of the day, but later when I begin to grow in the things of God, I realized that those are actually not matters that we will hinge our, our faith on or belief on that will even cause harm to us because the, the, the intent of every action comes from, uh, if, the, if the idea is actually about God and all of that, yeah. we should be free. Like for me now, I have a lot of uncles, brothers and all that worship with uh, Catholic. And I go to Catholic and I dance and I'm and I got, and I got filled. I would go to Catholic and worship. I go to uh, even the Celestial Church because at some point in Meduguri, I was the vice president of the youth. That Meduguri is divided into four. So I was the vice president of the youth motive. So we visited all the churches trying to bring people together and and do some some stuff. So when we worship the Celestial, in fact, among the other pastors that welcome us, the, the, is it the prelate or something, the leader of the church, he welcomes us, he gives us entertainment, he will discuss in the scriptures and all of that. And I, my spirit was free. You understand? So definitely there may be those fiscal differences whereby maybe the way the order of service, the way they preach, the way they dance, all of these things will be there. And there's no way we can remove it. But the most important thing centrally, it is the scriptures that bind us together. So what I can say on that matter is that, that we should look beyond those things that are physical. Like, okay, how they dance, that one does not really matter. You understand? <laughs> uh, if they said they will take Holy Communion every day, mm. that is not... And in, maybe in their church, in your church, you take monthly. Mm. That does not really matter. Mm. 
And uh, there are some churches that take Holy Communion only during uh, Easter. And then maybe during, uh, I think like three times or two times in, in a, a year. In a year. Mm. So, so all those things did, did not really, it's not really matters of concern that, that has an impact or direct effect to your spiritual life. Mm. So for example, I found myself in a community where there's no metamorphosis, there's no dunamis. Oh, the only church that's available there is Catholic. I go to Catholic and I worship with them with a free spirit mm. because the spirit is one and it's all connected. And then he flows everywhere. You go to Catholic with all of their doctrine. I remember at some point I was worshipping with Catholic Church in... I worship with Living Faith in Durumi, in Area 1, before they even moved to Goshen. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I now moved to Catholic. They are just border. It's a fence. Then I, I listened to one of the uh, pastor or the father. He was like, if the worst uh, Catholic is better than the best Pentecostal, and I was in the church, and, I, I, and I, I'm a Pentecostal. <laughs> so, but I try as much as possible to free my spirit, not to be offended with that, so that I will not, my, I will not that veil will block the free of the, the flow of the spirit. So Amen. it actually boils down to how we disposition, dispose ourselves for the flow of the Holy Spirit anywhere we find. But those differences will always be there until Jesus comes. Yeah. All right. So um, we have our time is fast spent. But uh, I'll just allow Bro Kunle and Bro Fola to speak. Okay, I'll start by saying the Muslim faiths too, they are not all the same. Some will not worship in a particular uh, place of worship. Mm -hmm. So they are not all free to worship anywhere. So coming back to the other part (laughs) of the question you raised, I remember when Pastor Richard was around, I asked this question that, Okay, since uh, we call ourselves Christians, mm. why is it that uh, new, new churches are breaking out almost every time? Everywhere. Everywhere. New church with a new name. Mm. Why can't we focus and come together to uh, serve God under one, one umbrella. umbrella? He couldn't answer the question that day. Mm. He promised me he would bring the answer next time. Mm. And he did, the following service or so. Mm. And this way he responded that... Uh, while new churches are emerging and coming up, is we expanding the kingdom of God? Yeah. That uh, the, the the knowledge of God is increasing, and mm. uh, that new churches needs to come up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this tells me that uh, why Pentecostal will not find it very convenient worshiping in a celestial church because of their, like what you said what uh, the system man has put in place. Like, there are some places you cannot go to. There are altars, you cannot near it. A lot of things that, but where you are coming from, you are free. Mm. There's nothing, no veil. You can pray to God. Not, I can, it's not no necessary that I go to you and meet God. the, the, the No middleman. No middleman. But they, they need to go and kneel down to the priest. Tell them, it's only the priest that can pray for you, you know. All of those things in our own Pentecostal ministries, mm-hmm. we are free, we are taught, mm-hmm. and we know better. Mm-hmm. So, we are more comfortable with our own style. <laughs> so Praise the Lord. I don't want to uh, expand. Alright, broccoli then round up. Well, um, we need to understand that um, Christ is the head of a church. Yeah. And like we've been discussing, the church is not a building. Yeah. You know, the church is the ecclesia. I mean, the, 
the people. People, yeah. You know, so that can that will actually free us mm. when we understand that we all have the same spirit. There's no two Holy Spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit. Mm. So if you go to a, I mean, a place of worship, and they worship differently from us, you know, but if our spirit is not in agreement, is it that it's not a church? Yeah. You know, there will be doctrinal differences because the church is still emerging. Still being you know, built. it's still work in progress. Mm. You know, but. Once we understand that Christ is the head of a church, yeah. it's not a building. When we go anywhere, we will take what is, you know, good. Mm. Anything that we're not in agreement with, we can leave that aside, you know. Then another thing is that we all have a part to play. Mm. It's not, we don't just go to places to get. You also give. You give. Mm. So it could be an opportunity for us to contribute. Mm. Anything that's not right in that set, sect. You know, in that place, it could be an opportunity to just give a word. The truth of the word of God is powerful. Yeah. Just drop it mm. and go, knowing that you are contributing, you are building the body of Christ. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, uh, Broccoli. I have said just two persons. Uh, Ro, Ro, Ro Ernest. Okay, keep your comment for next week, please. Uh, please. I beg of thee. All right, because we are far, far, far spent. So let me just round that up and then we close. Um, I remember that session where Bro Fola was uh, asking Pastor Richard that question. And I also remember a, a response that he gave. He said, You know, there are the, the, okay, when you wake up by 3 a.m., the light by 3 a.m. is different from the light by 6 a.m., even though. It still looks dark, right? And then from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., the light is different, right? And then 9 a.m. to 12 noon. So people or Christians over time, over the years, have increased in revelation. Right? They have increased in what? Revelation of who God is. Right? And the understanding of the scriptures. And because of that, some in quotes, denominations or sects that were founded when the light was 4 a.m. and they are not changed, they will still be in that light of 4 a.m. Amen? It's not that they are not Christians. It's just that their understanding of the scriptures is still limited. And they've not opened themselves to receive greater understanding. So you now have new Baptists. You have old Baptists and you have new Baptists. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that is all we are saying. The limitations of revelation of the founder has a lot to play with how that church or that group of Christians will increase in knowledge. So a leader is, the knowledge of a leader is the lead over the followers. Praise the Lord. Unless you have a follower that breaks out and breaks the bottle or breaks the lid and goes away and becomes a protestant. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It becomes what? A protestant. So really, it is all about light. It's all about revelation. But the foundation still remains the same. 
the foundation should not, once you, I mean, going to uh, places, I mean, I've been in a church where we've stayed from maybe 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up in church, I mean, we have services, meetings, and all of that, and you have to be there with your parents, right? But truthfully, it's not as though the time is wrong. It's not as though their engagement is not solid. Today, we are looking for two-hour service, one-hour service, and we are off. And those who do one-hour, two-hour service, how much of engagement do they have during the week with the Lord? Right? And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. We say it. We recite it. But how real is that in our hearts? Praise the Lord. We'll talk more about, like I said last week, this topic, yes, we, had, we have a scheduled time to complete it, but then there are a lot that we need to learn from this. And history will also help us to understand where we are going. Amen? History will do what? Help us to understand where we are going. A people that don't know their history will almost be lost. Until they come to understand, oh, this is how it has been, but then the understanding has changed. This is the revelation that we have now, and we need to move forward. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the understanding of your word that has come to us. Thank you for the illumination that you are bringing to us about the local church, about the universal church, about the church that you are building. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will give us grace to know all that we need to know. There is no lead. There is no limitation in you. The full knowledge of the counsel of the Father we receive in the name of Jesus. As we study personally, as we study together, Holy Spirit, you would help us to understand the more in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Take total control of the rest of the service. Glorify the Father, Spirit of God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.